This is Power 102 Digital, the Power Breakfast Show podcast series. Myself and I, all three of us. Let's take a look at what's happening. Stop, stop it, Amy. Stop it. Behave yourself. Let's take a look at what's happening traffic wise. Uh, Piaco towards uh, Paja Yui got some traffic. Val Saint Port of Spain on the highway got some traffic as well. Eastern Main Road, you're really going to pick it up uh, from Kirap and more so from Mount Hope heading uh, towards Mova. Um, out of Carney after Chinchin Road, you'll get some traffic. And uh, St. Helena, Piaco, and Ibis Gardens to Kirap got some traffic there as well. On the solo, pretty much going to pick it up by Charlieville, right before. Main Road in Champlain, absolutely clear, taking the foreshore as you head eastbound, no problems there whatsoever. That's a quick traffic update for you. Now we see the BBC has sent out more than 11,000, let me just get it again, more than 11,000 people now dead after earthquakes in Turkey and Syria. Wow, 11,000. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, gentlemen. So we're back. Yeah, we are. Do we have any more votes there, Steve? I'm, I'm actually checking now here. Uh, I got Sherry. Oh, Sherry. Oh, if I sing, I make millions. Hi, uh, Sherry. Oh, I said if I sing. Sherry says no. And uh, Morgan's out in Ruka says, Hell no to the pool. And special good morning to Evie. She was just harassing me. You didn't hear me. I tell her, Stop. Evie is harassing me all the time. All the time. Yeah. All right. So that's, that's the results there. I'm trying to get my guest right. online. So our poll this morning, of course, was. In light of the fact that the file was never really missing, as reported, do you believe someone will pay a price? In other words, do you believe heads will roll? 
We had 17 people saying no, they do not, and six said yes. Six said yes. I'm on the side with yes. I think someone had will roll. Someone or some people's head will roll. Whether it goes all the way up to the Attorney General, time will tell. But this hunt for another Attorney General, I, 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 I'm not going to be part of it. If he has to pay a price ultimately at the end of the day, he will. But we know how those things work. Because I, I always tell myself, put yourself in the same position. If you're in charge of a department and someone really messes up in that department, will you, will you want your head to roll or will you offer your head to be rolled? Ask yourself that and then you can answer that poll. If it's not your fault, but someone underneath you, a subordinate, did something to really make a mess, would you take responsibility also? <clears throat> Ask yourself that and then answer the poll. <clears throat> and, and I'm speaking here to everybody, including ourselves. Our head of news, our head of operations, our head of security. Ask yourself that question this morning. All right, so those are the results of our poll. Yeah, I'm just trying to get them. Um, Paul has disappeared. Richard has not rejoined. Who's well, Richard is probably waiting on Paul to bring him in. Paul, let me, let me see if I get my guest online now. On, Paul, wake up. Yeah, he went to bed very late. So I just went missing. gotta excuse him yeah. for a little bit. You went temper. You went missing temporarily. You're not really missing your dear, but you. We're missing your voice. I'm unavailable. You are available. I'm unavailable. You're unavailable. <laughs> but I take two um, um, aspirin and uh, not aspirin, sorry, Panadol and drink a, 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 a reduction in water. Do something. Wake yourself up, man. Eat a banana. All those things wake you up. You know, an apple. An apple wakes you up. It didn't wake you up Monday. Oh God, no! I did wake up. You know, I told you. But I had a, I'm sure I had a tougher more night and morning than you. I'm sure I had a harder night and morning than you. Well, let me use the word harder, not tougher. Did, did you know who I have to deal with? You, Fitzgerald Lines. Come now, no. man. Naked and Arnold Roberts. Come now, man. 7.15. A man with the experience like you, you could handle them. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to get Saron Richards on, online here. Wow. Yeah, easy man to talk but to. Sarah must be a happy man this morning. Yeah. Well, a happier said, man. Call, but it's going straight to voicemail. I don't know what's going on. Why is he a happier man? Because they, because of the allowance they would have been making for prisons officers to carry firearms. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, I think that's why we would be calling him. Not so, Steve. Yep, yep, yep. Mm. I don't know the exact wording of it. Paul will help in that aspect. It, it is. It is so that the commissioner of prisons can uh, allow officers whose lives have been, been determined to be under threat to carry a few weapons and ammunition home to protect themselves and their families which they've been calling for for a while calling a for for time. a while a long time that's true but i understand i don't know i i can't confirm the veracity of it that they did not necessarily want the commissioner of prisons to have that sole discretion they wanted an independent tribunal so that the subjectivity that may be associated with one person deciding whether you and that's what a unit under threat or your situation warrants a, 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 a gun or a weapon or yours doesn't uh isn't isn't an issue because well, then yeah, sorry to interrupt you, Paul, but is it? I'm just wondering that um, firearms, um, fire users, license, and firearms act that would have been um, approved. Does it make provision to take it out of the commissioner of police? Yes, in the instance of the director of the SSA and the commissioner of prisons. Oh, I always felt that firearm users licenses should be removed from the police altogether well it's an exemption for those two I know for those two positions but i'm talking generally for FUL well, that, that's something that that several people posited yesterday evening yeah I've, i always find that there should be 
an agency that deals with that and that's their sole remit <laughs> yeah well i asked the question last night too i mean they're so gung-ho about um and and, and and my one of my one of the points i made was that i didn't think there needed to be the 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 provision for the commissioner of prisons and or the director of the ssa to have that remit because if officers in the prison service and officers of the ssa including the director were deemed to be at risk because the criminal element targeted them because i, I admitted that their jobs do put them at greater risk what was stopping the commissioner of prisons or the director of the ssa from sending a recommended list to the commissioner of police to be expedited because of their exigent circumstance and grant them fuls hmm. but, but nothing was stopping that true true and also i but in the, but at the committee stage at the committee stage i said to the minister you have articulated in a public domain serious concerns about one individual having the remit to grant FULs, which went apparently awry. And now you're giving that remit to two other persons. You know, I'm listening, right? And I'm this is this, this is just my thoughts. Um based on our history based on the data available to police commissioners in terms of firearms turning on, people turning the firearms on their loved ones or whatever, right? Or the accidents that happen in home, the churn and so on. A commissioner who we have now as a female are going down that road this morning will probably not grant as much firearm users license as their, her male counterparts. That's just my thinking. I have no evidence to support it, but I'm just thinking anybody who watched the statistics and watched the, what has happened over the years, a female commissioner may not be minded to grant as many licenses as we would have had. Just like how Gary Griffith, as a commissioner, and because of the background he had, granted more licenses than other male commissioners, I suspect a female commissioner may not grant as many licenses as any commissioner in the past. That's my. You know, that's but you know, Gwendel, my mm. issue in something like that is efficiency of process. Mm. If there is a methodology to apply for a firearms license, and a citizen seeks a firearms license and meets those requirements, then it should be granted. And that if only happens under Gary. No, and what I'm saying that, but, but that, that, that's, that, that to me is the logical process and can only be the logical process. Mm -hmm. That if it is that there are, you have established criteria for having a license issued, you have met those criteria as a citizen, then you're entitled to get the license. And right. if that's 1,000 or if that's 100,000 or if that's 200,000, whoever it is, regardless of whether it's Ulla Christopher, whether it's Gary Griffith, whether it's a, a committee that is dealing with the issue that's how it should be yeah meet the criteria get the damn license it should not be a subjective thing about well i feel i give out too much license this month already that that's untenable yeah I, i'm in agreement with you richard either you're given licenses or you're not specifically documented criteria or you're not yeah because because what very often has allegedly happened is that the subjectivity issue comes into play, which leads in some instances to allegations of wider corruption yep. and favoritism. Yep. So there should be clearly just like the the the, the police in party thing. If there's a subjective interpretation without a clearly documented eligibility a series of eligibility criteria that you check this box yes you check that box yes you check that box yes your spouse agree yes you uh you have a psychometric test which deems you suitable because you know what i said last night also i said not because someone is under threat makes them eligible because their their psychology may not make them suitable 
Yeah, and they might be a big. They may be weapon. widely under threat, you know. Yeah, but they may be they may be unsuitable for holding a weapon. Mm-hmm. Tr- correct. Not because they're under threat, means you should have a weapon, you know. Mm-hmm. That's not the only criteria. Mm. Suppose you're abusive at home with your wife. Yeah. But you're under threat. You or give that husband. person a weapon. Or your husband, be gender neutral. Or your husband, right? Mm-hmm. Agreed. Or your husband. Mm-hmm. Do you give that person a weapon? True. Because God man who, who turned the, the weapon on the wife months ago, he could be under threat. Mm-hmm. But he had a weapon, not so? Yeah. And there's a put right there need to be clearly documented eligibility criteria that are checked and 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 the issue on automatic renewal. No, after three years, people could have all kinds of situations arise. Yeah. Yep. So I think we are I think we are on the same page with that in terms of how we can but it was passed. Like so the commissioner of prisons can now determine who and give out uh, and be exempt from applying for FUS and those officers take the weapons home. But why would why would Saren be against something like that? He was he was against um, uh, just somebody said this. I can't verify it myself. Mm-hmm. That they wanted an, a tribunal as opposed to the commission alone. Okay. So the issue of subjectivity in terms of the commissioner of prisons alone saying, "Well, you, yeah, not you," B- because the inferences, the imp- implications that well, suppose you know like one person. And then that's right. And, and he and that person applying, he say no, you understand? Mm-hmm. As opposed to perhaps a three-member tribunal, which opens it to more uh less subjectivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, I have, do have Saren Richards online. Saren, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Good morning to everything else. All right. Thank good you so much for joining us. Of course, Saren is the president of the Prisons Welfare Association. Prison officers of prison officers, officers yes. Mm-hmm. Morning, morning, Sarah. So, yeah, Sarah, we were talking about the we were talking about the the <clears throat> the issue of prisons officers being allowed now to acquire FULs to take weapons and ammunition home, and so on. How do you how do you reconcile a decision like that? Is it is it something because you've been fighting for this for a while? Is it something you 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 are happy with? Well, first and foremost, I just wanted to know what is being uh, debated in the parliament. FULs are, or, uh, FULs are a position or a provision that already exists in the Firearms Act. Any citizen of Trinidad Tobago can apply for an FUL, be investigated, and given or not given that FUL. What the act is, what the amendment is proposing to do or trying to do is to include powers of the Commission of Prisons to arm prison officers while they are off duty. That is what the amendment is um, trying to do, to accomplish, to arm prison officers. So the commissioner already have the power to arm a prison officer while he's on active duty. That powers is now being attempted to um, expand to include while the prison officer is off duty. That is not an that is not a firearm user's license. All right. So is that something huh? you support? Thanks for the clear, clearing that up. But is that something you support? Well, of course, we support anything that will bring relief to prison officers. Ultimately, ultimately, we have been asking for a separate act, a law enforcement officer safety act, similar to what exists in the United States that give qualified law enforcement officers the right to carry a concealed firearm, of course, after passing some rigid criteria. This act that has been amended, we welcome it simply because it empowers the, um, the Commission of Prisons to use its discretion and arm a prison officer where he believes threats are imminent. So we support that, but we do not want that at the end of it all, simply because we believe the stage we, have, we would have reached as a service Right, is that all prison officers are under threat because when they are looking for prison officers, any prison officer is as good as the other. Prison officers on a daily basis receive threats, and threats are not um, only leveled at particular officers. Threats are leveled at all officers in the prison service from time to time. 
So the reality is we have to see what is in the pot, what is actually in the pot, what is materially in the pot. And what so is are you in the suggesting, pot is are that you all prison officers are under threat. Once you wear that uniform, once you are inducted into the prison service, your life could become at risk instantly. There was a prison officer who passed out from prison just a few years ago and was kidnapped and taken to another prison officer's house in an attempt to kill the other prison officer, and he, and he was killed, the officer who was kidnapped. He so not Sarah, entered the prison service, me, he had less Sarah, than a few months, and yeah, he was Sarah, killed. Are you so suggesting the, the, the reality is, while we agree me. and we are happy with this amendment, we welcome it. We want further provision, but because it falls short as it regards to the type of protection or the or the or the volume of protection that prison officers need. So, Saran, my interpretation yes. of what I just heard you say is that all prison officers should have access to a firearm when they are off once duty. Once they are also. properly assessed, once they are properly assessed, right, and deemed fit to carry it, yes, that is what I'm saying. Because all prison officers are under threat. It matters not. Because when Mr. Glenford Gardner was killed, when Mr. Millet was was killed, it wasn't because Mr. Millet or Mr. Glenford Gardner was under direct threat. Because they were looking for any prison officers, they met their fate as a result of that. But Saran, isn't that isn't that? I mean, I'm hearing you, and whilst I I understand the plight of prison officers because of the environment in which they work. At the end of the day, every single citizen in this country is under some sort of threat, you know, whether by but, where, where uh, they live, but, no, 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 where they drive, you make the where they work, doesn't take away from what I'm saying. So I'm hearing you there too. I am mm. hearing you there. But the fact of the matter is, prison officers are called upon to perform a duty that we are certain is going to put them on the firing line. Mm -hmm. They are law enforcement officials. They live with the criminals virtually. And every yeah. issue that the criminals have behind bars, whether they have issues with their cases, their matters not being heard in a reasonable time, prison conditions that, that prison officers do not create, prison conditions that prison officers do not create, but as a result of working in the environment where the complaints, where the, where the resentment are coming from, they, they, the only person that the criminals will see is the prison officer. Prison officers have to mitigate against crime behind prison walls. Prison officers have to interact on a daily basis continuously. And because of that level of concentration in a criminalized um, environment, they, they are um, under serious threat. So while I hear you on the point that all citizens are under attack, the fact of the matter, we are charged with the responsibility for advocate for our officers. And I'm saying as a, res as a direct result of what is happening continuously over time, all prison officers should be given that provision once they meet the criteria. In the United States, such a provision exists. In Northern Ireland, such a provision exists because of the type of work people are entrusted to do. There are certain inherent dangers that comes with that territory. And the government of those countries treat with the inherent dangers, part of which is the recognition that all of them should be afforded personal protection. Yeah. Because that, those I'm are not, some of the I'm dangers in the job. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I don't think you'll get any argument from media. Um, however, is it that is it that you you are not in favor of the commissioner of prisons, him or herself, issuing such a? a, a, a we an are in total favor of that. I'm saying, in addition to which, in addition to which, prison officers should have a provision. And, and this is the ultimate position that I have brought forward. In addition to that, ultimately, prison officers should have the right to carry a concealed firearm when off duty, given the inherent nature of the job that they perform on, the, on, the, on behalf of society, on behalf of the country. That is what I'm saying. I'm saying while we welcome the bill, while we welcome the amendment, it still falls short of what the provisions should be, ultimately. Because a lot of officers over the years have been complaining that while they may not get a direct threat, right, 
they fall when prison officers, for example, when they say, okay, we are going to kill prison officers. Is every prison officer in Trinidad and Tobago at the base himself? Is everyone? Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the record has shown where any officer is as good as the other. Yeah. Because yeah. the vengeance, the, the vexation, the, 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 the hate is for prison officers who are extension of law enforcement officials. Yeah. So because I'm, they are the saying... ones that the, 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 the criminals see. They see the police for a very short period. When they get locked up, they spend a few days in a police cell, bam, they go to court and they go in prison. They don't see the police officer as much, but they see the prison officer every day of that sentence, every day of that remanded incarceration, they see the prison officer. And everything that is happening to them, and the, the greatest um, 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 problem is that of the judiciary. They blame that on prison officers because prison officers are looked upon as a creature of the state, the same state that they believe mm-hmm. is not treated with them properly. So, so prison so, officers are a reflection of the state. We are so, part of the state. We are part of the, 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 the criminal justice system that they believe is having them in prison for exorbitant periods of time without fair trial or without a trial and having them exposed continuously to extreme conditions of every kind. So the prison officer is the person that is reflective of that suffering that they are going through. So the prison officer is the person that they are channeling all their hate towards. And the prison officer is the person, incidentally, who they, they came to know. Over that period Sarah, of time, so it's easy to make Sarah, him a soft It's an interview. You have to you have to listen from time to time, right? Um, let me ask you this question again because Paul and I were talking about this this morning, right? That a lot of reports, a lot we, we get a lot of reports that the hit came from within the prison walls, right? Has there ever been, and 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 you you probably will be the best person to answer this. Has there ever been anyone within the prison wall being held accountable? For any of these murders of prison officers? No. And that's a very quick and short answer, no. Isn't that isn't shouldn't isn't that also a very disturbing issue for you as prison we, officers? And we have that you are you are aware that it's admit, coming from within the walls and it's not in a 360 degree every possible area to, to treat with this this issue. And and it is disturbing. But there's no mechanism because they talk about cell phone jammers and grabbers. They talk about all kind of things to intercept calls, but it is not bringing the results where persons are being brought to justice. Because even on the outside, when prison officers are killed, the perpetrators of those crimes, how many have been held? How many how, have been charged? Yeah. How much do you think? How much do you think? And we have we, we know this for a fact that you have rogue prison officers. How much do you think can be placed on rogue prisons officers for bringing this upon other innocent police and um, prisons officers? I want to say this, and I want to clear this up to the public today. And I hope what I say brings some clarity. Remove every rogue prison officer from the system. Do you believe the killings will stop? Let me tell you what is causing the killings. The killings are coming from disenchantment and hate for a system a system that inmates believe are not giving them justice. That is what is causing the killings. That is what is causing the hate. Killings come from hate. Killings are the ultimate thing. Is an act. Is, a, is the ultimate act of hate. The inmates. So if you remove all rogue officers, because they have rogue people in every system in any country, much less Trinidad and They have rogue people in the parliament. In the parliament, they are rogue people. There are rogue persons all over. The point I'm trying to make is because we exist in an environment where hate is developed because of the very existent persons, very existence within that environment, people are exercising their hate. So anything is triggering them off. Anything is triggering them off. We heard that there are a lot of rogue police officers. How come they're not targeting police officers? There are a lot of rogue police officers. How are they not targeting police officers? There are a lot of rogue custom officers, licensing officers, all officers of every kind. There are rogue officers in the midst. How come they're not killing them? What's so peculiar 
about a prison officer that he's meeting this type of state? What is so peculiar? What is so different? And I'm telling you what the difference is or what the differences are. People are very disenchanted in an environment that they believe is subhuman, that they believe is cruel and unusual punishment, that they believe human beings shouldn't exist within. And to exacerbate that problem, they are not leaving the environment simply because their matters are not being processed um, properly and effectively and quickly. So they are staying years. Some people are the preliminary inquiry stage at the magistrate court. That is the court that determines whether or not they have a, a serious case to answer before you go to the high court. They are staying in excess of five years inside it. And when they do go to the high court, they stay in, in, in excess of 15 years of time, 17 years. I interviewed prisoners who had 18 years without without having their cases determined. So they're making an 18-year sentence. If that a child when they now went in the prison and the child was days old, before they had the matter, so that child is 18 years already. So that hate, that hate that is being built up in the Trinidad Tobago Prison Service, the same hate that the public don't want to understand, they don't want to comprehend, and they only want to focus on prison officers trafficking. But they're not focusing on the environment that they are exposing human beings to and their likely reaction to that type of environment. And what, is what they will likely do as a, as, a, as, a, as a result of that blistering hate which so is to saying, take life. And the that... only person they are seeing in law enforcement during that tenure, during that period, are prison officers. All right. Prison officers. I, again, again, I hear you, Saron, but are you saying that rogue prison officers are not contributing to that? I am hit? not saying no. I'm not saying yes, there will be some contribution, but I'm saying the very envi environment is the reality. That is what is happening the very environment is what is causing the killings. Good morning, Saren. Uh, thanks for joining us again. You, you've clearly indicated that that the issue that that you that you think that all officers are under threat, and that once they meet no, no, special screen, I made a factual well, right, all of, all in, in your opinion, under... all officers are under some level of threat, right? The the uh, present situation is that persons, I, I'm presuming, who are under direct threat or overt threat are the ones who are going to be petitioned to get this option by the Commission of Prisons. Is it that the association... Well, provided that, is it, provided let me finish, let me finish please. Clearly, yes, let yes. me finish, please. Is it that the association headed by yourself is going to be working with the Commissioner in... in, in uh, proper, uh, proposing names of officers under the present regime? That who are trafficking and so on? No, that who are now going to be advised to get the, the option to have this the weapon. No, no, we have been. We have been over the years. Paul, Paul, whenever we have information, we will pass information on to the relevant authorities, be it the police or the police, prison admin, all in an effort so that they can properly investigate and have, you know, and have treatment afforded to officers where necessary. So, of course, the Prison Officers Association will not withhold or any information that you will have that will assist, right? As with regard to rogue elements in the prison service, I want you to also appreciate that we have been doing all we can in the prison service to rid ourselves of these elements, and that is evident by the amount of prison officers you have been seen being held and intercepted over the years. As a matter of fact, I dare say we are the only organization in Trinidad and Tobago that is attempting to clean up house, right? Because you grew up hearing about all the rogue people working in all different areas of the public service. And I'm certain every Monday morning you are not hearing persons being intercepted, choosing operations and whatever, and held for perpetrating any crime or, or conducting criminal activities within whatever sphere they are in. Prison, the prison service is the only service doing your research. Is the only well, service I, I, that is I disagree with that because the police, the police service has, the police service has rogue identified rogue officers and brought them to book. So that is not an accurate statement. Say that to me, please. The police service has identified rogue officers. No, no, I'm and not brought saying, them to book. I'm saying the, the frequency at which we do it, the intensity 
I'd you said only. It. You said the right? only. And we can, we can split here. Instance. We can argue to and fro with that, Paul. I, I respect what you're saying, right? But I'm also saying what I'm saying and maintaining what I'm saying. Right. I'm there, saying we, is, yeah, there was a concern articulated about whether or not there should be a tribunal or is it the commission alone should have the, the discretion. What's your perspective on that? Paul, I am afraid I'm not hearing you properly. I don't know why I'm hearing you. Because you're not hearing me something about me interjecting. There was a concern articulated in the parliament as to whether or not there should be a tribunal, including the officers' association, as opposed to the commission having the final discretion for the officers who are deemed to be under threat. What are your perspectives on that? Well, when you have when when you want objectivity to be the the rationale for a decision, right? It is always best or best practice to have a panel of persons do the job rather than one person do the job because you're trying to remove the amount of subjectivity that is likely to be involved when one person is doing the job. So that I say, yes, I believe that as some a, a panel or, or a group that is representative of stakeholder interest, different stakeholders and so on, be there to make the decision and not one and not one person, not one person, or the person make the decision as a result of what the panel um, um, dictates and in, in terms of what the panel arrive at, and that person now is charged with responsibility to. To, to 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 dispense that duty. So of course we will always um, advocate or, or agree with that decision making being spread out and not vested in one person's hand, because that could be that could result in victimization. It could result in sub great subjectivity and so on that you do not want and it will overall defeat the purpose. Uh, do you have any idea of how soon this new regime will be activated? The new regime? Well, this new option for the officers, but the, 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 the law has been passed last night, so... Well, that is, that, that, well, that is for the parliament to decide in the first instance. Um, when the bill passed, it had to go up to the president, president for ascension and so on. And then after now, policies, the, the, um, the social drill long policies and practices to affect the, the law. I don't have I don't have a time frame that I can give you, but I think it will be sometime soon. Hopefully, hopefully it will pass on both houses and get the president's blessing, and and it should roll out soon. We hope. We hope. Now these are these are weapons that are going to be issued by the prison service, correct? Paul, I am afraid you have to repeat that. The, these are weapons that are going to, be, going to be issued by the prison service itself. Yes, yes, that is the internal issue, yes, not SQLs. And that is why I made the, I did the clarity before. The, the issue of training now, uh, uh, what are your perspectives on that? Well, right, and all that's supposed to be part of the policy to roll out that. Elements of training and continuous training. Um, part of the policy I envision will be having some sort of testing done to, 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 to arrive at suitability, right, for keep and carry. So there's a whole regime of things that's supposed to happen and all embedded in the policy to treat with the dispensing of that particular particular right that is now being afforded to us. Right now, if you could give us a sense of how many officers are under direct threat. I know you indicated you think all officers are under some level of threat. Hundreds but how many officers may be under direct threat? on a daily basis. You see, I want to give an appreciation of the problem. When prison officers are threatened, as a matter of fact, I made wrongs with the CPO, with the CPO, the chief personal officer, just to give the chief personal officer an appreciation of the environment. And making wrongs with the CPO, I receive a threat. Mr. Richard, you better kill your mother, so and so. I receive a threat. Prison officers are receiving threats on a daily basis. And what we are looking at over the years, over time, is the ability to carry out those threats. So if 20 prison officers receive threat at this point in time here, we don't know which one of the 20 will be killed unless you get further information needed through intelligence. But in the absence, you may not even get intelligence. The fact of the matter is, prison officers are threatened on a daily basis, hundreds of them, 
working in the environment. It is the order of the day now. It is the order of the day. Saron, how how could you make any wrongs with the CPO? Um, um, trigger a threat from prisoners. Prisoners. Because I'm they not are, they that story. because I, I will explain to you. I will explain to you. Let me explain to you. When making wrongs with the chief personal officer, and he could be more witness in this regard, when making wrongs with the chief personal officer sometime last year, right, entering building to an MSP in maximum security prison, right? Remember, is a public official coming in, right? So the prisoners will normally believe, hey, maybe it's somebody coming to help us. Because anybody come, foreign coming to the prison, they always believe, hey, this could be somebody, this could be some level of hope for us. It could be somebody coming to help us with these conditions, or maybe with our cases, or to give, bring some good news. When they realized it wasn't that, they were angry because they had to understand in that environment, persons are holding on to any straw that they can. It comes like a jungle man in the sea to get a straw, you hold on to the sea to get through. So, so when it is not unusual for when persons external to the system coming in, that prisoners try to flock them and say, hey, oh God, we need help, we need help. The cases and the, the love, to, you know, these are normal things. And when they realize that that person is not one, a person that came to help them, of course, they get angry, and those are how those threats will levied, I suspect. Hmm. Okay. All right. So how, how okay. soon, based on what you, the answer you were, you were given, Paul, a, a short while ago, how soon do you expect that this thing to be ruled out? And where are these firearms coming from? Is it that the prisons, prisons officers... No, no, but the government will have to allocate monies and purchase firearms for the use of the commission of prisons. What, what, what penalty, if any, will be paid by prisons officers who would lose firearms or misuse well, firearms? Well, all these things have to be worked out. So I think I'm more, I, I, I suspect that a comprehensive approach will be adopted. Right? And all these facets will be part of that comprehensive approach, a total approach. I mean, you, you will not issue something without looking at if it is misused or, or, or not used in the manner it was given, for the manner purpose it was given. Then penalties, it already have laws, existing laws. It have the code of conduct. It have a number of existing laws that will treat with these things. But in the policy, in the effecting of the law, in the implementation of the law, there must be set areas in the policy that tells you how you should conduct yourself and so on when being issued and what could be the likely fallout if one does not conduct themselves in that manner. Mm -hmm. I am yet to see the policy. I, I cannot see at this point in time, but I would imagine, imagine that these will all be passed. And there will be laws to, to there will be laws or legislation or whatever to give further effect to areas where there is a gap or yeah. is falling short of causing the proper implementation and treatment of sin. And I would also imagine too that your association will be playing, playing some part in fashioning those 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 um, regulations. Well, in the past, in the past, we would have played a part in, in having amendments to the existing laws that will treat with um, the um, the deterrence of persons wanting to or even going on to injure or kill prison officers. Right? We would have been part of it at the AG's office. I would imagine going forward because this may be my last interview with Power One or Two um, in my tenure as um, prison um, as the president because, as you know, from Today, till um, Wednesday, no, today, till Friday, sorry, there's an election going on, and I haven't offered myself back for executive service. Oh. Right? So there's a new president by Friday night or fri um, Saturday morning. There's a new president. Of the, there will be a new president of the P. Right? I just want to put that in the fall. So break the news, then. Yes, so I would imagine that consultation will be the order of the day, right? And the executive, the new executive of the POA must ensure that consultation is the order of the day so that we can arrive at these solutions together. Because when we do arrive at solutions together, 
it means that all of us would have been satisfied rather than one entity arrive at a solution and leaving other entities feeling that they didn't um, provide any input. And they are, of course, now dissatisfied. So, so what's the reason for you not offering yourself again? Well, we have a lot of young officers in the service. Right? I have been president for the past 11 years. I've been an executive member for the past 17 years. And I think I've given what I can give. And it is now for me to step down unless somebody younger who would have been there, who would have been um, training and so on, and, 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 and alongside me and so on, for them to do the work now, for them to carry that torch further. I am not, I am not a believer in um, holding a position for life. So I have stepped back. I have indicated to officers in the past, in the last ex- um, election, that that would have been my last election running as president. I told them that, and I just stuck to that. So who is the front runner in this in this upcoming upcoming? Well, election? I don't know about front runners. I know I know the competitors. Right? I don't know the front runners, the persons who are competing for position of president. I, three of them, Mr. Gerard Gordon, Mr. Roger Ramnerine, and Mr. Britton Hill. And I think there's yeah, a fourth. Gerard I Gordon can't recall it. Right right. No, I years, think right? there's a fourth. But they are competing, um, leading different slates for positions on the executive, right? So Mr. Steve Kahn, Mr. Paul Richards, this is likely my last interview with you, right? As president of the Prison Officers Association, it has been nice chatting with you over the years. But you will continue to be an officer though. Well, I will want to play some role because I mean, of course, after having been in office as president for the past 11 years and an executive member for the past 17 years, I would have some knowledge and experience, which I will still will want to you. use yeah, that you whoever you. Will be calling you. in whatever capacity that they may want me to assist them in. So, of course, I'll be, I'll, I am proposing to be around still, right, as so some we'll support and to ensure that continuity is, you know, is something that that will continue and will, 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 will fester going forward. Right? But I think Gerard that the person's going right up, man all those they years, have the argument all? to continue. Wasn't Gerard Gordon your right-hand man all those years, sir? Well, he was my general secretary for two terms, from mm-hmm. 2012 to 2019. Mm-hmm. Right? He was my general secretary from 2012 to 2019, which is... Six, seven years? Six years? Seven, eight. Seven years, yeah. Um, so yes. is he so and is he's he now the front the public runner? Relations officer of the Prison Officers Association. Is he now the front runner for the position? Well, I would assume I would assume so. I I would assume so, but I well, right now we are in an election. The election has started this morning. And I want to say nothing about the election and the candidates because it is not permissible for me to do so at this time. The campaign has completed. I just to... follow the, 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 the persons who are going up, right? And I wish them all the best. All the best of luck. Certain terms and conditions for prison service, prison service officers, that was settled, right? No, it wasn't. It, it is now in the bosom of the special tribunal, and we are right now um, um, and about entering evidence and arguments and witness statements on the matter. Okay. I know some agencies had accepted the 4%, but I wasn't sure whether prison service was one of them. Well, not some. One. <laughs> okay. Amalgamated workers' union, so you had to talk singularly there. Okay, I don't know why I think there was somebody else besides them, you know. I think the police, have, the police haven't accepted the 4% bit. either, then. Hello? The police haven't accepted the 4% either, then. I don't know why I'm thinking the TTPS... No, they, 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 would have, they would have agreed to a general meeting, but subsequently no agreement was signed. Oh, okay. All right, and I don't think they can answer that question. I, I don't want to get into that. Yeah. They have agreed to their general meeting, but subsequently, no such agreement was signed. 
the reason for which I do not have. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I, certainly uh, that'll be an outstanding issue. Well, a continuing issue rather than outstanding. Um, that yes, the yes, executive, yes, yes. That the new executive will have to deal with. Yes, they will have to deal with it. They will have to deal with that. So, it's, as a matter of fact, that will be one of the major issues that they will have to deal with because they will have to continue the legal matter and so on. And of course, our king or, or, or a top matter, which is safety and security for officers on of duty, they will have to continue that matter as well as the most burning and pressing issue in the prison service anytime. All right. Well, sir, and thank you very much. Yep. For thank you. Thank you for being program. with us this morning and thank you for always being accommodating to us over the last yes, uh, yes. years, I should say the years gone by. Uh, you've always been accessible. So thank you so much and of course we won't be strangers for sure. Yes, well, the pleasure is always mine, sir. Yeah? Yeah. The pleasure is always mine. So, Paul, Steve, you all have a blessed morning. Yeah. Wendell and Richard. I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm saying. Like, you forget it, I have two other people to on the show. <laughs> My most important humblest apologies. Right? They're very sensitive in us, all the other hosts. <laughs> and to all the other hosts, have a blessed good morning. And it has been a pleasure over the years. All right, Saren. Take care. Man. Thank you, Saren. Take care. And we will chat soon. Okay, thank you, the president, man. All right, bye-bye. All right, of course, that was Mr. Saren Richards uh, speaking with us this morning. Um, for the final time, he has been president as he steps down. Yeah, he's now officially the outgoing president of yeah. the Prisons Officers Association. So there will be a new president in office by Friday, he said. Yeah, Friday or Saturday morning. Because we didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, Friday or Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. He always been accommodating to us, always yeah, in has, person yeah. and on phone. Um, has, yeah. yeah, always been a good guy. All right. Um, as Av settles in to give us our eight o'clock news brief. Um, good morning to you, Radu Halasi. Good morning to you. Uh, send us a message via our mobile app, um, which you should have by now. Just look at whatever platform you're on, Power One or Two FM, and. Um, Download the app and, you know, interact with us as well. You can go into the browser at power12fm.com. All right. Um, all right. Let's get into our 8 o'clock news brief. If you sit here, Babi, stop souping, stop drinking your soups, coffee with that spoon. It's the best way to have coffee. All right. Thank you, Evie. Let's put some cinnamon in it. Oh. It's nice. Let's get into our 8 o'clock news brief. This is your news bulletin. From Power 102 Digital. The Firearms Amendment Bill 2022 was passed yesterday in the Senate. However, a contentious clause which sought to give the Minister of National Security the power to extend the validity of FULs beyond their three year limit. Thank you for choosing Power 102 Digital. Listen every weekday for our live show starting at 6 a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital.